Alphabet Flight Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with guests who talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is G.S. Cooper, and with me today is Laura. Hi. So, this is sadly the end of the week, and also, sadly, a character who is very icky. Yeah, um, not looking forward to this one so much. No, no, you shouldn't. Um, so are you ready to manipulate the pleasure centers of people in voluntarily because you're a casual I'm, womanizer? I am not because I'm not a creep. Oh, okay, okay. Well, then you're not Star Fox. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. So Star Fox, not the uh, not the video game. But the but the Star Fox, also known as Eros. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think this dude, this creepy dude, looks like? Uh, he probably has like slicked back hair, popped collar. He's probably giving the viewer like a finger gun sort of gross wink. Probably none of that, but you know what? Oddly enough, you almost got got like half of it. Really? Okay. What does he look like? He looks lazy. Well, he does have slicked back hair, uh, which is sort of reddish. He does have a yellow collar on his suit, which is an interesting feature that not most super ma- superhero suits do. Uh, and then the rest of his suit is red with sort of like a white V that kind of goes down from his shoulders and ends at his crotch. Yeah. Yeah. Suggestive. Well, it, yeah, and it's it's basically just an arrow being like, look down here. Yeah, not subtle. No, and he has like a weird fox emblem. Yeah, it it kind of fox. It kind of evokes a fox. But but he definitely looks like he definitely looks like a dude who'd be like, "Yo, what's up?" But like in a creepy way. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> You know, but like, you know, like when he's like kind of with the chin up and like looking down. Yeah, exactly. Stuff, yeah. Hey, baby, let me show you the stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the Zaphod Beeblebrox. Exactly. Yeah. Who is also a creep. Um, but also very charming in the movie. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say something real quick. Okay. You may or may not, uh, may, you may or may not agree with me. But I actually do like the the Hitchhiker's Guide movie. Yeah. As well. The act the, the cast is pretty good. Mm-hmm. And and also another thing about the, you know, Hitchhiker's Guides is there was already a million versions of it out beforehand. Yeah. Before the movie ever came out. I thought it like was it a was good a, adaptation. Like as far as I, I, book to movie adaptations go, it was alright. I'm not yeah, as attached no. to it as some people are though. Well, well, the thing is, like, I, like, I grew up reading the, I grew up reading the books. Like, I read the, like, the, I had the omnibus. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'd read, I'd read through the entire, like, four books. Like, uh, I've read, the, like, probably 20 times or so. And, yeah, the books are better and the radio plays even better. But, like, the movie is still a pretty good adaptation. It has a lot of really fun moments. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why everyone hates it so much. I really liked Alan Rickman as the voice of, uh... Yeah. Marvin, yeah, yeah, he it was it was fun. I also really like uh, Martin uh, Martin Freeman. Yeah, he was a good uh, choice for Arthur Dent. He was a good choice for Arthur Dent. He, he, and, like, he's good at playing that everyman sort of guy. Yeah, like, that's his. If he's if there's a type that he he's good at playing, that's him. 
Yeah. Like, like I thought, like, am I going to say it's the most amazing movie? No, but it was not a bad adaptation, and I would definitely watch it again. Yeah, it was no Percy Jackson, The Lightning Thief, which was a <laughs> horror show of an adaptation. Uh, should, okay, as as a someone who's about to turn 27, should I read those books? I really liked them. Um, they, uh, they're entertaining. Um, I started reading them when I was like 12. This is not an advertisement for Rick Riordan's books, but, uh, I started reading them when I was like right at the right age and I found them very funny and entertaining and, uh, they're written specifically with like about kids with ADHD, which I didn't know I had then, but like. Oh, uh, yeah, I had, I have it. Yeah. Real bad. And then later, when people started writing to him to be like, hey, it's really cool that, like, you have kids who have ADHD and dyslexia. That's really nice to see ourselves. It would be really nice to see, like, queer characters, because I'm a 12-year-old who is queer, and, and that'd be really neat. And he said, you know what? You're right. Let's throw that in. And so he made um, a long-standing character gay. He made lots of other queer characters. Um, his new series has a genderqueer love interest. Um, and the parts where he said, like, you know what? Hey, maybe I shouldn't... Maybe there are mythologies I shouldn't write about. Like, um, I'm not qualified to write about Hawaiian mythology, and I'm not qualified to write about uh, South American mythology, and all sorts of stuff. He instead became a producer for authors um, who are from those cultures and said, you write about it and it'll be part of this universe, but it's coming from an own voices sort of thing. So the opposite of J.K. Rowling. Exactly. Pretty much he did oh. everything the opposite of J.K. Rowling. And uh, if you can't tell from the rant, <laughs> the miniature rant that I just went on, I'm a big fan. Okay. Well, like, because like, it probably would take me too long to read them because they are, you know, the, it's YA, a long, based on a little bit younger. It's yeah, it's a like it's a longish series, but uh, it's probably not a it's probably not like a a slog to read through. No, and actually, part of that is one thing he did was really smart. He wrote them because the reason he wrote them about kids with ADHD and dyslexia was because his son has those, and so he wrote them in a way that's very engaging uh, to read. So they keep. It's not like they um, they they keep you engaged the whole book that you keep moving from uh, one thing to another, and it's not like there's like no breaks in the middle or there's like it's it always has to be action action action. But it's very um, it's structured a lot like a video game in that uh, the way it keeps your attention. I remember. So, like, uh, speaking of something that is based pretty much like a reaction to Harry Potter, uh, the Magicians. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, now the books. Now the books. I wasn't the hugest fan of, but the show is actually really fun and filled with queer characters. And oh, okay. I might just like, and just like it's irreverent in a way that doesn't feel like it's like you know I make fun of everyone type of irreverent. It's like a hang on. Know, is it's just funny? The Magicians but is that the one on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Um, but like the last season, the last season they did, uh, they had to find they had to find seven keys, and the entire time they were kind of lampshading it, where they're just like, "How long will it take to to find all these?" Like about a season, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and like it's just it's just very fun, 
and like i i'm glad that like harry potter came out because you could get reactions that are actually good yeah well it, it did open the door for a lot more um a lot more fantasy based kids literature and kids literature in general literature in general because there wasn't as much there wasn't nearly as much like young adult or middle grade books beforehand and it also lengthened what people thought kids would read because before harry potter they was like oh kids won't read something of that long it has to be like half that length or 12 year olds won't read it and uh she proved otherwise so yeah well uh yeah ya tends to actually you know expand stuff a lot of times when when kids are treated as like you know human beings who have thoughts and opinions yeah yeah it turns out they do you know, I think it speaks to uh, how much we don't want to talk about this character, that we have now gone on two separate diversions. Well, uh, speaking of a character we don't want to talk about, mm-hmm. Star Fox. That is the one, yes. Yep. So, <laughs> oh my god, I did not read his occupations. So, um, he, his real name is Eros. That's his real in, name? Yep. Hmm. As in the god of, uh, the god of lust. Um, so his occupation is adventurer, aka homeless, and womanizer. <laughs> it's an occupation? Uh, have you- uh, I'm just saying, there's entire groups <laughs> dedicated to specifically putting women down. Yeah, but I didn't think you could get paid for it. Yeah, no, no, like any, like, you know, pro-life organization- um oh the guys who te- who try and teach other guys to pick up girls yeah okay yeah yeah, yeah no, i see yeah. your point i see your point yeah so there's there's entire occupations about womanizing gross yeah yeah um <clears throat> so he's a citizen of titan as in the moon of titan i mean yeah the moon of saturn mm-hmm. titan and his former alias is unknown so he has a few known relatives which is alars aka the mentor who is his father. Mm-hmm. And then Su Sen, who is his mother, who is deceased. Thanos, who's his brother. And oh. at this time is dead. Uh, Zorus, who is his uncle, who is dead. Thena, who is his cousin. Kronos, who is his godfather. I mean, not godfather, grandfather, who is not dead, but disincorporated. Two different things. Two different things, yeah. And then Nebula, who is his grandniece. He was a member of the East Coast Avengers. He is a quote-unquote good guy. Supposedly. Supposedly. Uh, his And he first showed up in Iron Man number 55 in January, uh, February 1973. Beware, beware, beware the Blood Brothers. Mm. And we're doing some cover piece theater. Cover Peace Theater. Okay, to set the scene, there is just a couple of a couple of real buff dudes, and one of them has uh, Iron Man in a headlock. Looks like he's about to give him a noogie, and Iron Man's kind of like, I would say, almost homoerotically struggling. <laughs> is like- that a good read? Like he's kind of pretending to struggle, but he's yeah. Like it's it's kind of like it's kind of like the it, it's not like a stop it. It's more like a stop it mm-hmm. type thing, yeah. Um, and then uh, 
Drax the the Destroyer, and this is the old-timey one, Mm -hmm. is uh, bursting through the wall and saying, Monsters! I've tracked you across galaxies for this moment! Even if you crush Iron Man, you can't stop the Destroyer! And this is... He's, like, he's green, and he has, like, a cape, and... He's also got, like, a weird widow's peak cowl. Yeah. And, uh... It says, the Golden Avenger battles the titans of Saturn and learns to beware the Blood Brothers. So, scene. Okay. So we're, yeah, so it's a pretty dynamic cover. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly lots happening. Certain thing, yeah, there's a lot of, like, movement to it. And I definitely see, like, you know, something is happening to Iron Man. I don't, like, it looks like he might be, like, you know, pretending. He might be unconscious. That would make some uh, sense as well. Maybe? Okay. I could, I could, I can deal with that a little bit more. But, but like, there's only two ways. Like, he's either pretending to not like it, or he's unconscious. So. So this is the issue that. I prefer the, I prefer the, the, the former. Yeah, but um, this is the issue that he first showed up in, right? Star yep, Fox? this first Star Fox, yeah. Okay. First issue. Eros is the youngest son of the Titanian Internals. See, that's also why he sucks. He's another Internal. Mm. Uh, Alar is in Susan. Um, he grew up to be fun-loving. He grew up to be a fun-loving, carefree womanizer. In contrast to his uh, brother Thanos, a power-hungry, misanthropic schemer. Man, their parents Um, must be so disappointed in both of them. Yeah. Like, like, I don't think they were disappointed in Eros, though. They were disappointed in Thanos a lot. Yeah, I guess, you know, if your brother's Thanos, then by, by extension, you must be the good son. Yeah. Yeah, the only the only woman uh, Thanos creeps on is Death herself. Yes, <laughs> I'm a little bit disappointed they didn't go with that uh, that line for the uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe because I would have liked them to try and explain Thanos's weird crush on Death, where he's like, "Here, I killed some stuff for you," and she's like, "No, I I like Deadpool." <laughs> No, I want this one. He he literally can't die. I want what I can't have, like you. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I thought what what I wanted them to do is because like they kind of had a setup where they could almost have like, uh, Hella be like the personification of death. Mm-hmm. That would have been. It would have been interesting. Yeah. But at the same time, like I don't know how exactly they would explain it. Hmm. They would have thought of something. But, but yeah, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of just like Thanos just being horny for death, and then like just uh, like snapping half the universe out of for like for like as the like the grand the grand romantic gesture that goes nowhere. Yeah, it says a lot when that's a better explanation than the half-assed knows literally nothing about anything. <laughs> And he knows literally nothing about the way things work uh, explanation that they gave. Like, I, I know a lot of people said this. That he could have just made twice the resources. Yeah. Uh, also, destroying 
the, he's like, oh, it's going to be fair because I'm going to destroy half the rich people and half the poor people. And it's like, that's not how that no. works. The rich people are still there. <laughs> You're destroying the infrastructure that would get people food, like, as well as just the people who would eat it. Yeah, and like... I'm really like, disappointed that they didn't, like, none of the heroes even tried to say, like, not a, like, sure, that's evil. No question about that. The main problem is it won't even work. Oh, you just get a bunch of people pissed off at you. Yeah. And then the other half are, like, probably in the soul, soul gem, if I'm thinking correctly. Yeah. Probably well, in the soul gem. They're not going to um, actually kill off everyone, or half of no. all their characters. They, they could, though. That'd be a pretty bold move. <laughs> they could, but they're, they they want to make more money, so they're not going to. Thanos launched a uh, his first attack against Titan, which killed his mother. And... um. Eros fought along the side of Titan's handful of survivors. Then he joined the uh, alien Captain Marvel in the Avengers for the first major defeat of Thanos. The original Captain uh, Marvel, not the uh, yeah. not Carol Danvers. Yeah, the original. Yeah. And and Carol Danvers wasn't even the second. She was technically like the third, I think. No, but she's the current one. She's the current one, yeah. Yeah. But uh. I would say I think my favorite Captain Marvel is Monica Rambeau. Mm. I like yeah. Monica a lot. I think she goes by Photon nowadays. Or Spectrum. I'm not sure. Off the top of my head. She hasn't been in a lot lately. But so he was no longer bound by duty. So he left Titan to seek out pleasure and recreation on a humanoid and on humanoid inhabited worlds. Hmm. AKA be a creep. Uh, when the cancer-stricken Marvel retreated to Titan to spend his finer days, uh, Eros was summoned by his father to return to Titan to help console his friends. Just before he died, uh, Marvel made Eros promise to take care of his Titanian companion, uh, Elysis, after he was gone, and he honored uh, his vow for several weeks until. Realized his wanderlust and released him from his promise. Eros then consulted Isaac, who is Titan's master computer, for the most suitable planet for his needs and temperament, and they recommended Earth. So he went to Earth. So he visited the only people he knew for on Earth, which was the Avengers, and petitioned to make to, to make him a member. They admitted him. They admitted him to their training program and gave him the name Star Fox, since they felt the Eros was an appropriate code name. Yeah, I wonder why. It's only the one of the wor first words for, words for lust. Okay. Several months later, he helped helped them vanquish menaces such as the Wizard Wiz, Terminus, and Mal uh, Maelstrom. Uh, finally, when the Cree, sorry, not Cree, Scroll Empire, while in Scroll Empire, he he. Uh, rescued the Avengers Captain Marvel the Monica Rambeau mm -hmm. Captain Marvel and Star Fox learned that her abductor the space the space pirate Nebula was Thanos' granddaughter and his great grandniece he resigned his active membership in the Avengers to pursue, to pursue Nebula who had eluded them uh, with the help of the Beyonder 
and he's currently in the company of the Fire Lord, who native what? world Xandar what? was destroyed. Fire Lord? Uh, yeah, I I assume that's a Marvel character. Just for a brief second, I was like, from Avatar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, from the Fire Lord. You know, you know the Fire Lord. Yeah, remember he? Uh, yeah, Star Lord was just like, yeah, I heard about this thing called the Sozin Comet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done some other stuff, which I'm going to get into after I get done with this. He he is one he he's one ninety pounds. Um, is six foot, uh, one inch tall, has blue eyes, red hair. So he possesses several superhuman powers from his internal ancestry. Um, he does not, he does not have immortality. Because that was an accidental, accidental thing that was uh, put on the internals. So he's not immortal. How old is he? He's very long-lived, but he's he's not like immortal. He's over one millennia old, but he's still fairly young for for internals. But he will eventually get old and die. Uh, so he can levitate. He can fly about one hundred miles an hour. Uh, he does have one ubil- ability that is apparently unique to him. He has a psionic ability to stimulate the pleasure centers of the brains of the people around him. Yeah, which is why we were so grossed out, because yep. that's a few short steps away from Rohypnol. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to get into how they're even more like Rufus. Mm, cool. um, so this power emanates from him naturally at all times, causing all other beings to feel good around him. By concentrating, he can magnify these emanations, provoking such, uh, provoking such extreme pleasure, pleasurable sensations that a person becomes highly aroused, euphoric, and totally sedated. Yeah. On it does not work on beings that have like who whose brains doesn't have like pleasure centers, like his brother Thanos. Apparently, his brother, who's horny for death, doesn't feel pleasure. That. Hmm. <laughs> Does it work on his other family members? That's a thing. Like, um, wait, he should not be confused with the Olympian god named Eros. Oh, okay. So he's was not. the son of, yeah. It's the Marvel universe. You gotta, you gotta clarify. You gotta, you gotta ask. Yeah. Also, there's this real fun picture right here. Hmm. Cool. He's just grabbing yeah. a woman's chin, and she's making this. I can only describe it as an O face. Yeah, it's definitely uh, uh, like he's like he has the uh, bedroom eyes as well. Yep. So that's the uh, that's Star Fox. Classy. And also, that's like we're also about done with this uh, volume. Great. Yeah. So there's two more episodes next week. If I get it done in time. I'm going to be doing a. Uh, I'm going to be doing a week of mega mega size episodes, like a king size episodes, I should say, which ah. are four times as big as a normal comic book. Yeah, the king size ones, uh, where we're going to be talking about the Squadron Supreme. That's twenty four characters. We're going to be talking about. It's a lot of characters to cover. 
I know a lot of characters also come. It's a, it's also from a uh, book that I think is pretty good. So we're going to be talking about the book as well. And then we have one more character. And also, I'll give you a hint. We're going to be talking about a really tall man soon. Uh, I mean, really tall. Like, super tall. He's like, like, really, really tall. Tall man? No, no, stilt man. Ah. My favorite daredevil. There was villain. a 50-50 chance that tall man was the name of an actual Marvel hero. <laughs> well, strong strong guy is a Marvel character. Exactly. So, so um, I think we're pretty much done. Uh, do you have any other thoughts about this This really... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I forgot to tell you about some of the stuff that happened later in his life. Hmm. Great. Enthrall okay. me, please. Okay. Well, I mean, he would definitely try to enthrall you. Yeah, I regret that cho- choice of words. Later on, and this is like uh, actually a pretty good like uh, She-Hulk run, he was uh, tried for sexual assault. Good. By way of his empathic powers. Um, Good. And She-Hulk represented him. But then she thought, like she started thinking that uh, maybe Star Fox was using his powers to manipulate her when they were teammates. Good question to ask. But but they but they did this real classy thing. Um, apparently, Thane, Thanos tampered with his memories, causing him to use his emotional empathy manip- manipulation powers for salacious means. Yeah, it was definitely all Thanos's part. It's all Thanos's fault. All Thanos. Yeah, I dislike him. everything about this character. So, oof. Yep, 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 yep. So I will say, there's one thing he has that makes him slightly better than the other character who has almost the same power. Okay. He doesn't make all the women around him for like about 200 feet so. Uh, tied to his sex pheromones that they literally have withdrawals when they're not around him. Congratulations. You are not you're, the worst uh, you could be. Congratulations. You're not mandrel, which is the lowest bar you could have. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, I think we're pretty much done. Yeah, don't like him. Final verdict. <laughs> not a yep. fan. Yep, don't like him. He's a bad dude. Don't like him. Uh, don't like when pheromone powers are used the only time i thought it was like used slightly well uh was there just it was uh in the a new mutants run and there's this uh it was this uh girl who had pheromone powers that she couldn't control mm-hmm. but basically just made everyone around her like just horny for her all the time and she just hated it well there's and her best friend became her best friend one of her best friends was basically someone who had wind powers and would help her out sometimes just by just blow like, it in the other direction. Just blow it just blowing the pheromones up in the sky instead of around her. See, that's how you use your powers creatively to solve a problem. There was that yeah. character in um Misfits who had the same power I don't know if she it was when she touched people, they became uncontrollably attracted to her. Yeah, and like, and like, first she kind of liked it because, like, she I th- wasn't it was wasn't that like where she was like unlucky in love, yeah. and like it reacted by like giving her like making everyone like just super into her. Yeah, and at first she was like, yeah, I, I have, uh, I can make these people like me, and then it was like, oh no, if they keep touching me, 
I can't, like, they'll do whatever they want, and that's not a great thing. And yeah. uh, she will never know if someone really actually likes her or she, if they just like her because she's, like, whenever she touches them. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess, key thing, maybe don't, you know, I like mind control characters and, and like... Like empath who can manipulate people's emotions, pheromone powers. Yeah. They're not like super good, especially now that I think people have a general, a more general idea about what consent is. Yeah. I mean, both of the characters that we cited uh, as good examples of this are female, but you can have a good male character with this too, but you have to have him like struggle with it and question it and talk about the ethics. If he's just like, no, I, I like that every I can make any woman attracted to me, no, no matter what she wants. That's a bad character. Also, also another another kind of creepy use of pheromone powers is uh, Dakin, uh, uh, the Wolverine's uh, son. Yes. Um, he has pheromone powers. It's not strong, mm-hmm. but he can he can kind of, and he's also bisexual. Yeah. And one of the things that he'll do is he'll just like. Kind of just like lightly make people like him a little bit more mm. around him. And one of the creepier ways he used it was uh, it was after World War Hulk and Hulk's son, mm-hmm. the the Conan the Barbarian one, not the space wizard one. I love that we have to clarify that. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> We're talking about Scar, mm-hmm. not uh, not Hero Kala. Um, he's uh, just a tiny boy. Who can turn into a Hulk. And uh, Wolverine was trying... Wolverine and Dakin were trying to be, you know, father and son. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bruce Banner had the Hulk in control. And was taking revenge. (laughs) Which was actually real fun. Uh, And uh, Dakin was just like, I don't need... I don't need this Hulk around. I'm gonna just make him like me a lot. So it'll calm down. Then he felt creeped out after he realized it was a kid. That's the correct response, at least. <laughs> but it was real creepy use of power. Hmm. Well, I think we covered that as sensitively as it's possible to do. Yeah, well, we haven't talked about Empath, who also really creepy mm. and awful. <sighs> Question, okay. do we have to? Answer no? Uh, well, we will probably end up talking about him at some point, because... Um, I counted out how many how many more uh, episodes I have until I get to the Book of the Dead, mm. and after this, it's twenty. So okay. we have twenty more weeks of living characters. Um, and what I'm going to do before I get to the Book of the Dead is I'm going to go back and cover like all the groups and and stuff because I try to go for single characters. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to go back and cover all the groups and whatnot. Okay. And empath, I will be covering empath. Um, but it'll be later this year by a lot. Okay. So, okay. So I think we're pretty much done. So let's get to your plugs. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Laura Forsey. I do a show called Pitch Me Something, uh, with my co-host Sean, uh, where we talk about a lot of nerdy stuff, uh, what we would make for a Pokemon movie or a comic book that we would really like to write someday or stuff like that. Um, you can find us on iTunes or Google Play, or uh, we have a website, franklyimplausible.com. Uh, and you can also find us on Twitter, at Zero Plausibility. Uh, and 
please come check us out. We'd really like to have you give us a listen. So uh, my name's Jesse. I have a podcast called Creepy Critters. I also don't feel like doing most of my plugs right now, so go to the links in the description if you'd like to uh, go to where you can see the pictures of the people we were talking about, or um, go to my Patreon, where if I get $25 a month, I will uh, do an extra episode a week where I talk about the pets of Marvel out of the Marvel Pets Handbook, uh, who has a couple of entries written by a guest, uh, Rob London. Besides that, this has been Alphabet Flight in May. Madcap show you how truly meaningless life is. Good night. Hey.